Welcome to episode 9 of the Hike or Die Outdoor Adventure Podcast. I'm here with my friend Craig, who could become my foe after this episode, because it's Hammock versus Tent. Uh, Craig, quickly play the music. <laughs> Yes, welcome. Thank you, people, once again for joining us. Perhaps I'll talk straight into the mic. Yeah. First and foremost, thank you to our sponsors, Bluey Merino, Topo Maps Plus, Rios Sunglasses, That Float, and Caribbean.com. Hey, mate, I was out... Uh, sorry, I've skipped straight. How are you? Oh. I'm good. So rude of me. That yeah. is good. What have you been up to? There's going to be lots of conflict tonight, is there? Oh, there's going to be oh, <laughs> so much. It's uh, it's mate versus mate. State yeah. versus state. Pretty much. Oh, it's going to be full on. I'll get to that. Let's 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 knock over this uh, let's <laughs> knock over some news first because I'm champing at the bit. I've been having a good time, mate. I've been getting out in the sun heaps and <clears throat> doing a bit of fishing with the kids. And no doubt you've been covering up and you've been sun smart, though. Absolutely. Good. Excellent. Queensland. Good to hear. Yeah. 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 Um, just really enjoyed, you know, catching some, some live bait and catching some fish. And oh, I so see you actually caught the bait as well? So absolutely. Oh, well, do you have a little cast net or something? No, yabbies. Oh right, yeah. yeah, right. Yabby pump. That's the that's the old tried and tested. It is technique, it? man. You go and stand up to your up to your waist in water and let the tide come in on the sandbanks and just um, caught some big brim. It was really. Oh, nice. did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah sure did. Um, take some for eating. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yes, I actually gave them to my aunt who was there at the day. She took them home and ate them, but um, they were awesome. Yeah, oh, that's good. And did you say you were with the kids? Yeah, with the kids. Oh, awesome. Did you spend 98% of your time putting bait on their hooks? <laughs> I I, um, <laughs> I actually managed to just go fishing with one of my cousins and the kids were playing sandcastles and stuff. Oh, was, good. Excellent. I avoided that. Yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, you usually play sandcastles with me, so <laughs> I'd feel wrong if you did that <laughs> with someone else. <laughs> well, yeah, what are you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? I've been reading a lot, and I know that's going to shock a lot of <laughs> listeners. He <laughs> can read <laughs> as well. It's true. I've been reading a lot. I've read uh, five books in six weeks. I've just been smashing it. Jeez. And they've been predominantly um, sort of outdoors-related stuff. Yeah. There's a couple of good ones, noteworthy ones, that I wanted to quickly mention. Okay. Um, do you remember the... There was a massive, um, in 1996, there was a storm that came across um, Everest, like a massive storm, and it killed a whole bunch of people. Yeah, I think so. The, yeah, yeah. Well, this guy called Beck Weathers uh, survived, but if you if you Google pictures of him, his whole face got frozen off. Oh, right. And he got um, snow blindness, and he's... Um, both hands were cut off and some toes and stuff. But he's, I think he's the only human being that's ever stayed out overnight on Everest and not died. 
But mm. the funny thing is, he kind of did die. Like he just fell over and just laid there and kind of gave up. And it was something like twelve hours later, he just his eyes just opened again, and he just got up and kept walking. Jeez, <laughs> absolute freak of nature. Like he, yeah, he can't even explain it himself. He kind of um um talks about it a lot in the book but it uh the the craziest thing is um if you're not familiar with snow blindness it's the, the snow is so white and you're up so high in the altitude that um it's just it actually burns your uh, it's almost like welding blindness you know what i mean yeah like, i do yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it kind of like damages your eyes burns the inside of them if you don't have proper goggles and that kind of happened to him, and oh, the other thing he did was he, he he wiped his face and a piece of like granular ice scratched his cornea, so then he couldn't see Jeez. properly. Um, did anything good happen in this book? Uh, <laughs> he he didn't die, <laughs> right? Yeah, but the uh, yeah, the crazy thing is to find his way back to camp, he knew that the day before when they were climbing up the mountain the wind was square on his back so he actually stood up and turned his body until the wind was straight in his face and just kept walking in that direction and he said if the wind had have changed he would have just followed the wind and walked off the edge of a cliff he didn't know where he was going he was just walking and he walked into camp and some poor guy was out there oh, i don't know going to take a leak or something and just looks up and sees this dead guy like I mean dead because they actually already radioed his wife in New Zealand and told them, told her that uh, he was dead hmm. and that they left him on the mountain. They couldn't bring him down. And then he walks into camp the next day. Like, absolutely incredible story. Um, what I also like about it is he says right at the start, he says, you know, I'm no author, but uh, he said, if you want to read a, a book about, the events that happened and you know the real point by point he said go read this this other book which i think is called into thin air or something that the one they made that movie off he said because it's a much better account of events but the way he's kind of structured this book is it's really different it goes into the obsession of climbing and kind of his personality and how he um i mean he almost lost his family before he lost his life and he was just so obsessed and it, it just kind of makes you check yourself i think and um i mean we're we're definitely passionate about what we do but we're not stupid passionate like he was and we don't kind of take risks for for kind of egotistical reasons and he's the first one to say in his book that that he was doing things for the wrong reasons but mm. yeah it's pretty good it's a good book man i I, I couldn't put it down for a week. It was good. That's one of them. Um, another one for all you kind of fans of... It's not fantasy. I can't put my finger on this. There's an author called Michelle Paver. And I got this book for $4 at a second-hand store. It's called Wolf Brother, Chronicles of Ancient Darkness. And she's a... Uh, Oh man, I'm gonna get this wrong. She's like a not a paleontologist. She's um she studies old civilizations. And in particular she knows a lot about 
um, early European, uh, I guess you could call them indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's written this book about this boy who lives in that time mm-hmm. and kind of gets right into the kind of spiritual side of what their beliefs were and everything. Uh, and man, it's really good. Like at the first page, oh, I, again, I just couldn't put this thing down. And, and the whole thing's about they're all outdoors and he's got a bow and arrow and he's uh, got this wolf cub as a pet or friend or whatever. The whole thing is just, it just reeks of every daydream you ever had as a kid. Yeah, cool. <laughs> it just captivated me. Really good. Uh, and the other book I, I finished off was um, called How to Connect with Nature by Tristan Gooley. That was a present from my sister-in-law. Thank you, sister-in-law. A great book. He is an interesting guy. He's written quite a few books. He's from the UK. And the way he approaches things is um, he kind of looks for signs in nature. And the more, the further you get through the book, the more you realize that you perhaps have been reading signs without, without realizing it. And just the way that birds move through, like we both made um, the observation, I think in the, the last podcast about when we were in rainy conditions, we, we tend mm. to see more birds moving around. Yeah. Um, so he talks about things like that, like things about if you see grass growing a particular way or if you see moss on one side of every tree, you'd be yep. able to tell the direction from that, right? Right. Even if you can't see where the sun is, you know the direction and all these sorts of things. And he goes pretty deep and he does is there's exercises in the book as well to kind of say next time you go out make note of this and this and this and then ask he kind of asks you questions about stuff it was interesting it was a um a a strange read in the structure of the book is not like anything else i've read Mm. but uh, i stuck with it and i definitely it was interesting yeah i'm not gonna lie no sounds cool yeah. Oh, geez, I'm reading. <clears throat> yeah. I might have to start reading. Yeah, this reading thing. Yeah, you got to get thing. into it, man. Like, I would highly recommend it. If you can't do the reading thing, just get under audiobooks or something. Right, yeah. I should. It's something that you can't just scroll up on your phone. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't done that in a long time. I could time. probably read to you some nights if we go, <laughs> when we go hiking. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, hey, I had another breakthrough. In I think our second podcast, we talked a lot about hiking fitness and fitness in general. I started uh, one of the guys at work um, bolted a chin up bar to the wall, and it was kind of a bit of a joke. We called it the prison gym, yeah. <laughs> and it's a bit of a joke. And then he brought in some old weights and everything. But this the fundamental change happened with me. This this has been happening. Well, he he put it up about two months ago. I jump up there and I do, we try and do wide grip chin ups mm-hmm. and um, overhand, you know, and I could do one, like eight weeks ago, I could do one chin up. And I think he was doing about three or four. And uh, I was just, you know, didn't feel very good about myself because <laughs> I'm, I'm generally fit, right? But it's a, such a specific move that it's quite difficult. So anyway, 
every day we were going down there and, and I'm trying to do these chin-ups. And I just kept doing it every day because it was fun. We'd go down and have a chat. We'd have a five-minute break from work. We'd all have a laugh, two or three or four of us. We'd all try and do as many as we could. And what started happening was I just built this habit of every day I wanted to do some exercise. I think the problem that I've had in the past is I've tried to do kind of two or three big workouts during the week and I just blast myself into oblivion like psychologically and mentally to a point where, you know, I can hardly walk the next day or something. And when it comes to time to exercise again, I know it's like almost like running a marathon. So it's a big undertaking. Mm -hmm. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. I kind of, but with this, it's, oh no, we just go down and we just do 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what started to happen, I started to build this habit of doing a small amount every day. Mm-hmm. And then some nights I'd get home from work and do a bit more exercise. And then, you know, like on, um, I was talking about it last podcast as well. I was on holidays and I thought, hey, I'm just going to, you know, do a 5K trail run because I just feel energetic and I want to do stuff every day. Sure. But what's happened is over the last six weeks, so I was on one chin up for two weeks i couldn't even break to two all right and now um i just cracked nine this week and in the last two weeks i've gone from uh five to nine so that Mm -hmm. curve is just going ballistic cool but it's the habit that it's formed and i'm starting to see gains and then what i've done uh so last week is just say well what if I started improving my diet even more? Then what could I get out of that? So I just wanted to mention it because it's taken me my whole life to realize that you don't have to do these massive workouts to actually see results. And I think for me, my personality, build up the uh, habit and then expand from that because it's just too easy to miss one workout. But for me now, if I miss one workout, I still do another four in the week. Or, yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was worth mentioning. I know a lot of people try a lot of different theories. And for me to get this far in life and, and struggle to keep a, root, uh, a routine uh, and then get to this point and just go, oh, wow, it's just so simple when you just uh, don't, don't take it to failure all the time. Oh, always try and just incorporate in your life, take the stairs, make mm. sure you're um, not afraid to carry a bit of stuff from your car and, and do those lifting parts of your job without, you know, getting needing, the forklift, getting the help, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, exactly. go just don't park right next to the entrance of the yeah. supermarket and stuff That's like right. that. Yeah. Little things make a difference. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Anyway, this is a bit of a tangent. I was just trying to delay the inevitable, mate. Which is? Ooh, I can't talk about it yet. I've got to do some quick shout-outs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, so I wanted to say thanks to... I don't know if it's meant to be the regrass or their grass, but at their grass is her Instagram username. Um, that's Omara Grass. She's been following us for ages and, and vice versa and she's a trail runner and um, she's got two kids now. Just, they just kind of keep popping up. Like the extra kids keep popping up on her Instagram over the years. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she gets out there and, and just still gets out 
outdoors, like, and with her kids in strollers, and um, she does uh, tons of different, like, 5K, 10K, 30K, 50K trail runs. Like, she's a serious unit. Yeah. Um, really interesting to see the stuff that, that she does. So, uh, thanks for all your support, um, Omara. We appreciate it. Uh, the other one is Tibor. Um, otherwise known as Adam Romano. Um, Adam also, we've, um, you know, watched him for, for years and he's from Ontario. Cool. And he's, uh, always outdoors. Look at this shot, Craig. He's just cooking bacon over a stick over the fire. He's got it draped over like some kind of curtains. That's mouthwatering. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good shot. Um, yeah, tons of outdoor stuff, you know. Lights, fires, cooks outdoors, goes in the canoe. Tons of cool stuff. Excellent, excellent stuff. Inspirational. Yeah. I love that sort of stuff popping yeah. up in my feed. It's a great page. It is, man. So thanks, Tibor, Adam, for um, supporting us, mate. Really appreciate it. Keep up the good work. All right. I have uh, pushed it aside long enough, Craig. Let yep. the battle begin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we did allude to this a long, long time ago that it might come a time when we discuss hammock versus tent. And this is it. I've yep. written a massive list of I've... what I consider to be pros and cons of hammock versus tent. Do you have any comments before we commence? Stop reading my notes. <laughs> I want to slay you. <laughs> Yeah, I think it might be a bit of a battle. Yeah, I th- I'd be, it'd be even funnier if I assigned you, you know, hammock and then I battled against you. Yeah. I did consider that, but there's, I, I have pros for both sides, so I'm not going to sit here and argue about hammocks. Well, lots of time. The most recent um, adventures with you, you've been on the ground, so to this speak. This is true. This is true. And... Um, in fact, I would be really hoping, Tom, you've got a list there of, of, of things about a tent because oh, I mate. need some help. I might have to get one. You know me too mm. well. Mm. You know I would not leave that stone unturned. All right. All but right. I'd put the stone back and leave no trace, of course. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, let's get into it. Uh, yeah, I think where we need to start is to make sure that we're comparing apples with apples. And this is going to be so unbelievably difficult both with tents and hammocks um i don't want to waste half an hour talking about that but i do want to take a minute to make a few small points we're not talking about um a tent that you know weighs a six-man tent that weighs three kilos or that you drive around in your car. Okay, let's just keep this to kind of hiking and canoeing, like a small, compact, lightweight mm-hmm. stuff, okay? Sure. For start, so two men or less, because I know that some people like to, um, like even uh, Josh, a friend of ours, has a two-man that he likes to take out even when he's by himself. Ten. Just so, yeah, ten, yeah, yeah. Just so we can spread out. Yeah. Uh, and because they're getting so lightweight these days, that's actually not a bad option. Yeah. Uh, if you... <clears throat> If you're saving weight elsewhere, why not take an extra few hundred grams to spread out? The other thing is is hammocks. 
um, you can buy a uh, $5 hammock on eBay, right? Sure, sure. And it's just that parachute material and technically mm-hmm. it's a hammock. It doesn't have a fly, it doesn't have mosquito netting, it has nothing. But if if you're thinking about that as a as a hammock, then it's not going to fare too well in the scheme of things. That I, so I kind of wanted to mention those things straight away because what I'm kind of, what I'm gauging this on is realistic um, outdoor protection from the elements. Okay. You know, so yep. a tent that actually provides warmth. Shelter. Shelter from the rain, any other weather. Um a hammock that does the same thing. Yeah, because that um, does rule out a lot of hammocks. There are it does, yeah, a absolutely. bunch of hammocks you can get that um, are just for relaxing in. That's right. And, and you, you know, you could throw them in your pack just to relax in. That's right. You could absolutely. And people do, you know, yeah. stuff them in there on a half-day hike and string them up next to a waterfall and eat lunch there. Yeah, I've seen some Excellent. sites kind of call them day hammocks. Yep. And then yep. you've got your, your nighttime hammocks, which are um, Yeah, and that's what we're talking shelters. about. So, yeah. <clears throat> you know, just that little bit of clarification, I think, will will help uh, you guys listening as we kind of go through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What I did, Craig, was I, I wrote down uh, kind of individual points that I think are quite important. But I really want you to add any or obviously add to these. Mm-hmm. Let's start with, uh, should we introduce a few? No, I, th- I think we'll just do that on the fly. Um, let's start with comfort. Okay. What do you have to say about comfort in a hammock? Hmm. Gee whiz. It can be... It can be one of the best nights sleep that uh, that I've had, and it, it can be quite the opposite as well. Yep. Uh, initially, I didn't enjoy the the comfort of sleeping in a hammock. I enjoyed the practicality of it, with size and um, and the novelty of it, and I enjoyed that we could put it in some awesome places, you know, which we'll yeah, talk about soon. Absolutely. But the comfort is something that has evolved by getting slightly better hammocks. Exactly. Slightly um, more used to setting them up and and getting the gear so you can sleep in it properly. Yeah. But I honestly think you don't wake up with that sort of I've been sleeping on the ground feeling. Mm. And it's been a while. Well, geez, I sleep in a a swag now and then. Yeah. Uh, And that's got a a fairly decent mattress in it. It's like a... Like a bed. It is, yeah. Mine's and, got a seventy mil mattress. Yeah. My, my swag. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's yeah, it's it isn't again, it's kind of not even comparable to a tent because it's so far beyond a tent. Yeah. So unless you've got a really good pad, I, I don't think it's very comfortable sleeping on the ground. Mm. And in a controversial you know, yeah, comment right there. There yeah, you go. People are bashing their typewriters, mate. <laughs> I've started this. Uh, i'm going to add to that and say that again for for people i'm going to try and put a lot of different uh links to a lot of different hammock websites and tent websites in the show notes 
Good. Uh, if you're not familiar with the show notes, jump on com. go to the podcast page, jump on the episode that you want to learn more about, and I'll have a list there of important things we've spoken about, or mm-hmm. things of interest like all the books I just mentioned earlier. I'll chuck those on there for reference. I will also chuck different brands of um, hammocks on here. And now you know my hammock because we both started with the same hammock, right? Sure. Yep. Uh, and um, it's probably a third of the price of the hammock you're running now. Yeah. Maybe less. It's just a straight, what they would call a symmetrical, which means that you sleep like a banana rather than an asymmetrical, which you sleep diagonally, and because of that, you lay flat. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the so comfort that's a, That's right. So that's a, a, So even in the hammock realm, I can sit here and argue based on my experiences mm. that hammocks are shit to sleep in, uncomfortable, mm-hmm. the blood runs out of my feet, and I can't sleep on my side that well. And when I try and string it up really tight, it cocoons around me. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, it's claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. It's not that. Um, but I've jumped in into your hammock. I mean, when you weren't in there, Is just to right? be specific, you were not there. <laughs> uh, in fact, I, yeah. I don't <laughs> remember this. When <laughs> what, you what was this? What was I doing? I, I, <laughs> I, I tied you up and put you somewhere else. <laughs> Uh, no, it was, I'm sure it was at, um, that cool kind of, the time you took your drone out for the first time. Yeah, cool. Yep. Sure. It was oh, yeah, there where yeah. you said, um, Get in. jump in and check this thing out. Sure. And cause I'd always just been curious of how good it is. And I remember getting into your hammock and laying diagonally and just thinking, wow, like this is fantastic. It is so different. Yeah. It is not comparable. And we're talking about. Two hammocks. They're both hammocks. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a difference. is ridiculous. I've got a lounge hammock up on my deck up top, right? Yeah. It's just a, a, a fabric. Um, Does it have the timber bar? No, no. no oh, no. Okay. So I've got two eyelets. Um, yep, yep. Mounted to the walls so I can uh, just, just lay in it. And if you put your head and feet from one end like you would. Um, you, you can imagine how that is. You, you're sort of sagging in like a like a banana, and then if you lay the opposite way, like ninety degrees to that, and and stretch the thing right out, you're just laying in a beautiful sort of fashion. Yeah. Um, and so having that asymmetric ability when you're out there just gives you, yeah, a real f- sort of flat surface under your back. Yeah, and it, do, it does work. It's uh, oh, the difference is phenomenal. Yeah, I'd never go back. No, and I'm and I'm um, can't wait until I get there because it's definitely like the next hammock I get will have that flat lie kind of capability. Yep. There's um, other things been popping up. I noticed it quite some time ago, Craig. Um, I'll just try and find. I've got a ridiculous amount of tabs open. Yeah, this one here is called the Amok, A-M-O-K, the Dremer 3. Now, I discovered this about a year ago. No, maybe a bit more. I think it was about the time I was talking to you about upgrading. So this is, think of um, a hammock between two trees 
and then think about lying completely perpendicular. Yeah, that's so what I'm talking about. Yep. Across. Yep. But this isn't even asymmetrical. This is, no, that's right across. This is 90 degrees across. Okay, I'm, I'm with you. Um, because the trees would be there and there. So mm, That sounds good. Yeah, uh, and you got like a foot box there and then... So there's an image here of the guy sleeping on his stomach and it's it's completely flat. Uh, apparently it relies pretty heavily on having a good uh, inflatable pad so it kind of keeps the, the integrity of the structure a little bit better. Um, I mean, in the photo, the guy looks like he's asleep, so I'm pretty convinced. <laughs> <laughs> he's, so how, he, he looks asleep. How it much has is that? to be good. Uh, well, they're out of stock until... Um, March 2019 so I think they're well it's a US site I remember them being around a couple of hundred bucks or something but I've watched a bunch of videos on them and hmm. you know what it gets more interesting is um, you you pull these tabs at the side and it, it lets the feet go down and you sit in almost like a perfect chair position really? yeah and then the fly just zips um, straight around the edge of that. So anyway, the reason I wanted to mention that is because there are other flat lay options. They're just, the thinking's just a bit outside the box and it's a pretty big commitment. I'm not saying not to do it, but it's a pretty big commitment to um, just go and grab something which is essentially, I would consider that new technology. Mm. Or the concept is new. So sleeping in a hammock but perpendicular, that's a new concept that mm. you don't often see. I mean, I'm super interested in it. Um, it. It looks like it's the goods. I've seen independent reviews and it seems yeah. to be all good. There's another one that's just popped up, mate. Um, they're called Sierra Madre, the company. Yes, I was looking at the Sierra stuff. Yeah, so they've already got... Um, a bunch of stuff but what they've yeah. done with this is it Ninox as a flat lay hammock is essentially what they've done in a nutshell is in, instead of just getting a rectangle of fabric and just scrunching it off at both ends which is essentially definitely what mine is they've almost um, cut a wave shape into the ends and then when all of that does scrunch up it allows for um, uh a much flatter lay and again I'll put the video on on the notes show notes page but see how you can kind of it actually goes pretty pretty damn flat through there oh yeah yeah and yeah they they say you can sleep on your back your front your side or whatever hmm so that's worth checking out the um the strap system doesn't require any knots, which I think is fantastic. So everything's just pull cords. Little and, clips, is it? Or? Uh, just kind of like, uh, what do you call those? Um, the same kind of things you tighten up Tight. your pack with. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but what's really interesting is with some hammocks, you have to, you have to tighten them pretty tight. Um, and get the tension just perfect or else you'll have... This could be the difference between an okay sleep and a really, really bad sleep. But with this, having it loose is actually part of the secret from my observations, the videos and stuff. So you don't need that 
really taut across the top. Mm-hmm. It's actually specifically meant to be loose so that when you're laying in that basin there in the bottom, you're um, essentially lying flat. Yeah, that's cool. It's it's a fairly priced and um, it uh, comes with the fly and everything. I don't have a picture to show you. But yeah, I'll leave that on the show notes. Hmm. Interesting product. Again, it just comes back to all of these conversations I'm having are coming back to that comfort factor of a hammock, which is people tend to struggle with the weirdness of sleeping like a banana in a cheap hammock. And I'm, right. I'm there with you. I don't like it either. Yeah, well, you've shown me a couple there. I haven't, I haven't fully considered. But, um, you know, my number one is obviously the Hennessy hammocks. Oh, the Hennessy. The, the build quality and the lightweight and the... Just, they're fantastic. The simplicity is what strikes me because, as well, because I have, as we said, this topic, I started doing a bit more research. I've got a few to show you that are really, really interesting, but they're quite complicated as well. Yeah, that's a really fair, that's a fair call. And it's, um, like another one I was going to talk to you about was Crua, C-R-U-A, Crua Outdoors. It's that hybrid um, hammock tent. It's yeah, got, the Mark Two. yeah. Yeah, it's got a mat in it. And the sleeping bag's kind of yeah. attached to the mat. And then it's almost like a swag that you can string between two trees, but you can also just leave it on the ground. Because it's got two poles in it. Exactly. So it's actually got like Well, it's a, actually got a whole hoop over the top. Like a hoop. Uh, two two hoops or so two, Yeah, so. a hoop on each end. So it's that's what's forcing that square shape. Yeah. And apparently with that, you can sleep... Um, pretty flat as well which brand are you calling that that's crua outdoors and they've got a mark two yeah i'm confused because the clarks are um amazing have you seen the clark hammocks no i don't think i've seen those oh i have seen them but i didn't know they were clark yeah i've seen that yeah they are very popular they're rated really well by um a few reviews i've seen and they're amazing and they actually incorporate a lot of um, sort of insulation into them, and yeah, which is a really important factor. But they weigh a lot more; they're a lot more expensive, and they're quite quite a complicated system. Yeah, and I'd I'd kind of say the same thing. I mean, look about it. Look at this tire system here. I mean, obviously you don't have to do that. It, it's all it's all goes through these poles, but um, you know they get a bit messy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can get all, all tangled up in that stuff. I reckon. Yeah, so you're right. The the simplicity of the the Hennessy um, is is quite. I mean, the the proofs in the pudding. Those mm. guys are are selling a lot of hammocks and a lot of happy people. I mean, just in our circle of hiking friends, mm. how many have got the Hennessy? Heaps. Yeah. Heaps. Yeah, it's very popular. But all these guys have great ideas. It's it's um, really interesting little little topic. And uh, even the Sierra, I noticed they've got these handles right up inside, so above your head. Yeah. And you can grab it and just, just reposition yourself. Just give what yourself a, a – yeah. Why yeah. isn't that in nearly every hammock? Yeah. You can I, just reach because up. in mine, I often have to um, put my hands behind my head and grab the zipper on each side and yeah. slide myself up if through the night I keep going down. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, technology and ideas that are, you know, at, they're there at the, at the 
at the forefront of it and they're all going to um, sort of develop as the time goes by, I think. Yeah, that's right. It'll be interesting to see how some of these new ones go. Oh, these ones here, you're supposed to be able to store all your gear. So you arrive and you sort of empty your pack and store it all mm. inside your hammock, which adds insulation, which is... Oh, I see. And it actually puts a bit of weight below your hammock. So all of this is air. Yeah. And so, therefore, the wind and stuff isn't going to get to your back. Yeah, because that's the, for those of you who don't know, and that's something I was going to bring up in the next point of warmth is you lose heat through convection yep. because you're not in contact with the ground and mm. and blocking that uh, loss of heat. So, you in a tent, there's you, the mat, and then the ground, mm -hmm. and you're, you're keeping that heat together. But uh, the problem with hammocks, as soon as a slight breeze gets up and starts coming underneath, is it's taken away all that that output, and it's just lost. Yeah, I've had I've had many a freezing nights in a hammock. Yeah, I've had a couple of cold ones. Yep, yeah. yep. And I I love I love a nice cold night, and you just get all warmed up in your blanket yeah. in your bed. I love that, you know. Yeah, me too. I, I don't, don't like it when I'm cold but inside. You can't warm up in these a things. a minus 10 sleeping bag. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Celsius, by the way. I've got um, to say that I've been, you know, wearing three jumpers to bed with yeah, with sleeping bag and you can still get really cold mm. even in just a mild temperature. So there, that is a big problem. It is. Absolutely is. Um, and, uh, because once you start adding um, under blankets and um, – and extra clothing to your pack, these things become much more heavier than a tent. So That's right. If you have to carry your sleeping bag and your hammock and then you have to carry an under blanket for yep. the hammock, yep. man, it's starting to defeat the purpose of lightweight hiking. Yeah, you know, sometimes you can exclude your mat as a hammock, you know, as a hammock sleeper yeah. and we can... I mean, I've, I've actually never done that because I know that without that insulation, I'll just freeze... That's, I know, I know you've truth. done it in the past. That's what I do a lot, and that's where we we do sort of debate. Is I can't sleep on those mats in a hammock. Yeah, the tent on the ground thing for me is um, if we're talking about uh, the perfect campground with just a nice flat ground, then mm. I I do if I've got a good mat, which I do, I have a good mat. Um, and a good sleeping bag, then I do have a really good sleep. I love that flexibility of kind of spreading out. Uh, the problem with, well, what is more of a problem with ground sleeping is, in my opinion, is the pillow situation. Um, because you're not sinking into a bed. So the pillow needs to be higher than it normally would in a bed. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because in a bed, you sink into the bed and then you lay your head on the pillow. But when you're on hard ground with a quite a firm air mattress or mm. foam mattress, you're physically higher than you would be. Mm. So the pillow needs to be higher. Uh, I know a lot of people just stuff, stuff jumpers in stuff sacks and I've done that. I've done it um, recently, uh, but I'm just kind of just kind of getting sick of that. But I love, I do like sleeping on the ground. Mm -hmm. Again, the Zambivi, I'm so keen to get that out because it comes with a pillow that slots into yeah, the yeah. compartment where it's not going to flip out and spin, you know, slide out. And halfway through the night, my head's on the ground and I'm looking around in the dark for a pillow. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, look, we started to dig uh, dig into warmth there, so we should just keep on that topic. Um, again, I think that that the um, the warmth is much better in the tent. I mean, it seems like you agree with that anyway. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, you just you can just get warm and stay warm if you're lucky, you know. Yeah, and that's that's the way to be. There's a whole crew in in the states, especially that like they get those war bonnets. You heard of them? On top of the hammock? Oh, the War Bonnet's another brand of hammock. And they have those massive underquilts. They're kind of built for... Snowy to Serious cold. um, Where they've got a full... Almost looks like a sleeping bag attached to the bottom of the the hammock. And that's... um, You could take that out in really cold conditions. Yeah, sure. But again, uh, you're starting to go into that that weight class which i wouldn't consider um as as kind of hiking weight or it's at least on the extremities of it yeah yeah for us we carry a lot of camera gear and so i want to be saving weight everywhere else because i know i've got to take the camera gear if i didn't have to carry five kilos of camera gear yeah maybe i would chuck an extra kilo in for yeah for sleeping requirements Yes. So, yeah, as far as warmth and weight go, depends where, what sort of terrain, what sort of um, weather you're going to be encountering. Absolutely. Yeah, that's 100% um, something to to take into account as well. Uh, airflow. We'll talk about airflow. What I mean by that is I've had much more, well, there's pros and cons to airflow. You don't want airflow, like we just said, you don't want airflow under a hammock on a cold night, but you do want airflow when it's in hot conditions or humid conditions. And we've been in that situation quite a few times. And I definitely, definitely think that the opportunity to open the vestibules on a tent, mm. both sides, yeah. And or even take the if it's a fine night, take the uh, fly off completely, and lay flat, raised off the ground, uh, and the breeze coming through is a much much better scenario than being cocooned in a hammock. Even if you take the fly off, yeah, right. You still, I mean, you can't. There's no. It's not flat. So the the breeze is not going to come through like it would through a tent. Yeah. So that's something uh, that I, uh, yeah, I definitely enjoy. If it's hotter, I definitely enjoy being on the ground because I can just sleep on top of the mat or the sleeping bag and not have it all up around me and over the top of me and the sides of the hammock in so close Mm -hmm. that it stopped my breeze flow. Yeah, totally. Yep. So you are right to say whether it's too cold or whether it's too hot, you've got, yeah, tense in the wind. Tense wind. Tense wind. Tense wind. Man, can you imagine all the people that are just arguing with us right now as yeah. they commute or drive right. or whatever? All right. But I'm, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, so I'm going to move the conversation to terrain now. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. I had it somewhere, but yeah, go for it now. Cause no matter what it, what what the extra weight or whatever, you, you can't you know be sure about 
handling difficult terrain in a tent. I just yeah, I, I just have so. I counter your terrain comment with, not everywhere has convenient trees. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Could you not? Can we just rewind that bit? Because I, <laughs> I, it's not that I assume everywhere has trees. And actually, you're right. Because I did look around yesterday at, at, at this camp, and um, yeah, I was just thinking, there's only a couple of trees here, and there's nowhere. Yeah, there's nowhere to fix the other end. So it it would have been a problem. Yeah, it, it's but like both can be a problem. The thing is, it, it also comes down to what type of hiking you do. Now, when I hiked in Tasmania, uh, I slept in the cabins because I had that that flexibility, and uh, I was I wasn't actually I was just getting over it. A, um, a flu virus so I, I didn't want to get colder and, and I didn't feel like setting up my tent every night yeah but those are the places where um, they have beautiful grass fields or tent platforms to set up your tent yeah they have zero opportunities for hammocks zero mm-hmm. if you took a hammock on that trip well I mean admittedly there's cabins there if you need them but if um if you got stuck halfway between, like, there's some places where you'll walk for four hours and there's no trees. Mm-hmm. There's nothing above, like, chest-high shrubs. Yeah, right. They just don't exist. Like, you're up in that alpine region. Mm. So, um, that's when I, I bought my tent for that trip. Yeah. It only weighs 600 grams. I've got a um, tarp tent notch, it's called, and it's a beautiful little thing. Mm. What I also like about it, and this is what I consider to be one of my mandatory rules for any hiking equipment, is it's got to do two jobs. My tent uses my hiking poles right, as yeah. the poles. That's so nice. I cut. The, I'm, I take the pole. I take hiking poles anyway. Why the hell should I carry tent poles hmm. and add to my weight? So I hmm. find that. A really uh, another advantage that uh, a lot of tents, a lot more tents these days are coming up with that option to use your hiking poles as two struts. I get you. It's becoming really popular. So you're cutting down on that weight. Now, look, I guess you've got a really strong point about there being lots of places you can't swing a hammock. And I, I guess I don't consider that because most of the time we're in a rainforest or a jungle. Exactly right. That's, that's what I mean about the places that, we go if we want to get deep into like a rainforest or jungle or whatever. Um, the, you know, some of the terrain, some of the ground, yeah, is either muddy, covered in leeches, um, you know, it's or it's rocks, yeah. And I don't just mean one or two that you can move, I mean, it's rocky, it doesn't have a doesn't have dirt, yeah. Or the trees are so close together mm-hmm. that you, there's not a span where you can actually um, mm. get a flat spot six foot long, which is not much to ask, but that's why the hammocks are perfect. Yeah, that's where I've seen That's why the we got the hammocks. That's why we got them. Yep. And that's where I've seen so many spots where there's not that flat spot. And I, I'm assuming, and I've been lucky to have hammocks most of the time, that if there was even just a, uh, you know, a slight gradient, 
on the on the ground, it really spoils your your night, right? Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's got to be pretty. And it doesn't flat. matter which direction either. If it's yeah. up, down, or a slight gradient sideways, mm. you'll find yourself rolling and sliding all night. Like it, mm. yeah, it can mess with you. you yeah. You think you're good for the first 10 minutes. Oh, this is great. But as you start to relax and mm. really start to fall asleep, you realize that it's not good. And if you're out on a multi-day expedition of sorts, you're just going to gradually chip away at your happiness. Yep. <laughs> you'll, just get, you'll be more cranky, less sleep, less energy. You're not mm. going to bounce out of bed. You, you've got to do your research and that's why I said earlier, I'm still going to get a hammock. Mm-hmm. I'm going to um, upgrade mine to something that's a flat sleeper because there's so many opportunities where I 100% know if you say, hey, Tom, you want to go and stay there for a few nights ago? Yeah, that's a hammock job. <laughs> there's no way I'm taking a tent to that place. That's right. If yeah. it's if it's backcountry and you don't know where there's a campsite, there's yep. no designated area for camp, you just got to find a spot, Yeah. then I think you better chance of finding a, a you know, suitable terrain with a hammock, you know. As long as you're in a wooded area. As long as you've got yeah. trees. Yeah. But then there's always the opportunity to put the hammock on the ground. Yeah. Uh, whereas, yeah, if you've got no ground, you can't put a yeah, tent. Yeah, that's right. The yeah. hammock on the ground falls into that category of it's not going to be the best sleep of your life either because no. it, it's quite a bit of mucking around and you'd still need... Uh, as an emergency, absolutely. You could just chuck it down, get in, zip the flyover, you so you don't get bugs and snakes sleeping with you. Mm. Uh, sorry, the, the, the mosquito net, and then chuck the fly over the top, stops condensation and rain. That's an excellent emergency situation. But otherwise, you're going to need hiking poles or something to get that the mm. structure yeah. up above your body or it's going to lay on top of you all night, and I guarantee they will give you the shits. Yeah, true. Yeah, having that just just all in your face, especially if it was hot weather or something. Yeah, but you're right. As an as an emergency, if there's no if there's no suitable ground, you can't string up your tent in a tree. Hmm. Um, unless it, I don't know. You just did it from one end, and it was just a big bag crawled <laughs> <laughs> in it. Uh Let's talk about rain protection because I think that's a a varying topic as well. Mm. Tell me what you think about the rain protection, level of rain protection on a hammock. Yeah, well, there's always a chance a bit of rain's going to get in a hammock. Yeah. There is always that chance. It's not, it's not a, whereas in a tent, I've been pretty happy most of the time. Yeah. Alternatively... Sorry, not alternatively. We have been in a uh, situation where we got caught out in a big, big, big storm, both in our hammocks on the edge of a cliff with wind coming sideways and rain and everything. And I remember being pleasantly surprised how much rain didn't come in. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a bit of luck involved in that because of the... The, the wind seemed to come a bit from the side, so it was hitting. We obviously, we got out and put our um, rain fly down. How would I explain that, Craig? So 
less horizontal and as vertical as we could possibly get it coming down right beside our bodies. Yeah, down tight. And tied down really tight. So <clears throat> the only way rain could get in was if it would blow in one end or the other. Yeah. And also on that, uh, which is a tip for anybody who sleeps in hammocks, I have a big sort of a, it must be about a 60 litre um, or maybe 80 litre, uh, what do you call it, a dry bag that I put yep. all my sleeping bag and warm clothes in inside yep. my back. Yep. And what I actually did that night was got in my sleeping bag and then put my feet in the dry bag mm-hmm. and pulled it up. It came up just above my knees. So all the rain that came in that end of the tent was just going on the dry bag and my mm. my sleeping bag was staying dry. Because mm. I remember I was panicking a bit because that was my down sleeping bag and I didn't want to get that soaked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd be really surprised if we'd ever get soaked in a hammock. Right? Yeah, I don't think I don't think you get soaked. I think you get a wet wet uh, head or wet feet, just like a mist kind of spray. Mist was coming in, yeah. and that's and that's it was a big summer storm. You know, it we was weren't huge. weren't too worried about the, the cold. It was just worried no, about- I was not worried about the cold. I was worried about getting saturated, like everything getting torn off the trees, and then us sitting there in mm. the pouring rain and getting hypothermia. Yeah. But no, I, I remember thinking, gee whiz, we didn't get you know, no, too much no, water we did, in. we definitely came off really good in that. Uh, look, you're never going to beat the rain protection of a tent. That's going to win hands down. That's why they um, they take tents to really kind of violent areas of the planet yeah. where there's um, heavy right. winds and snow and all that sort of stuff is because you can get that profile of those tents right down you know, those kind of mm. dome ones, the very specific ones. Yeah, yeah. So the profile's real low. The wind's going over it instead of battering the side of it. Yeah. The edges of the tent are coming in contact with the ground yeah. and stopping that, again, that convection. So you're creating a igloo effect there where you're sealing off the air and your warmth is staying within the tent. Sure. And the rain staying out. Then you've got things like the um, the bucket floors, where they're hundred percent waterproof, and they come up the side a couple of inches. Mm. So even if there's rain blowing in or pooling underneath, you're still safe. And that's something that's come a long way in tents. Is the what they're putting on the base? Yeah, you know, I remember the old days where you. Just had a bit of tarp along the bottom. Yeah, and, and it. any any tent you slept in, you wake up in the morning and all the water had come through yeah. from the ground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but these, I mean, these days the, the technology in, in fabrics is kind of eliminating that. I should just talk about rain that the um, – we have a little heck – we have a diamond fly that we use most of the time, but there are hex flies which are massive. Yeah. They weigh a bit more. Um, yeah, but they have that's a uh, six point. Yeah, six point flies. Six point. So which four, means... four to the ground and two yeah. to the trees. Yeah. yeah. So instead of one on each side, you got two. Yeah. Makes four, and um, it it gives you much better protection. Exactly. Yeah. It's just that, a bit. That's bigger. a really good point you make, mate. Because again, we're just talking about our experience there with that storm. And if we had have had hex flies, yeah, it wouldn't have cut in so drastically because it wouldn't have been the diamond shape mm. it would have gone the opposite way down yeah. to the ground and i'd say we would have had minimal yeah and they're interchangeable so you'd 
if I did, I'd have two. I'd have two yeah. different flies for my Hennessy. Have a diamond and a hex. I don't have a hex, but uh, Damo does or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. his, um, you know, option, if it's going to look like weather that might get some rain, you'd, you'd bring the hex fly. Yeah, yep. I yeah, guess. that's a good idea. I also, not that I've ever tried it because I don't have a hex either, but I also imagine that you could get that hex right down, especially those two pegs down the end, down each end. You yeah, should sure. be able to get them right down, almost crossing, and nip those two ends up so that they're almost closed. And they're slightly oversized, I believe. So Yeah, they're massive. They're yeah. longer than, yeah. physically way longer than your body. Yeah, I don't think water would get in them. No. No, they're pretty good. That's a really good point you make there. I think anybody looking at any brand of hammock should be uh, seeing if they can handle the, the cost and the weight of a hex fly. We're only talking a few hundred grams, by the way. But if you can absorb that cost and weight, you should definitely go down that route. Um, mm -hmm. The other convenience of a, a fly a rain fly for a hammock is it uh, becomes a place where it, you could actually sit under it and eat. Mm -hmm. uh, you could sit under it and rest. You could put your um, backpack under it if yeah. it's pouring with rain. Like it actually becomes a useful tool. You don't have to carry another tarp. Um, mm. I think it's pretty valuable. The other thing about... Well, let's, let's go straight into setup, mate. Because that... that uh, lends itself to that one of the most interesting things about a hammock is uh, a lot of them come with these things called snake skins which is uh, you, how could I explain it it's like a sock that comes down from each end mm -hmm. and it just all scrunches up into that and it just makes a big tube and then it's really easy to roll that up and throw it in your pack but it's equally easy when you span that between the trees and then you just pull those two socks back and all of a sudden your hammock's already set up yeah the beauty of that is you can leave those on and tighten it up and it's not in the way yeah so you can sit under the fly so you can sit under there but also what's fantastic about a hammock is if you get to a location and it's pouring with rain you can put your fly up first yep and then get under the fly and mm -hmm. then deal with the rest of it and then put your dry hammock up underneath and then get changed into your dry clothes. So it's pretty useful. Like Not many tents can do that. Mm -hmm. I know mine is pretty cool. Like I said, the notch is you, are, you can actually just, you just put it all up in one go or you can, um, like you can detach the uh, inside and mm -hmm. just put the fly up get under there, get out of the rain, and then take your time putting up the inside. Oh, is that right? Because yeah. otherwise it would be pretty hard to put a tent up in the rain, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Everything's going to get wet. Uh, yeah, look, most of the time mm. because it's going to pool really quickly mm. and that creates a problem. Uh, but, yeah, with this you can just unclip it really quickly, keep that dry in your pack, put the fly up, get under there, then take your time and get everything dry, get your, mm. get your sleeping stuff out and, and you're not getting it out in the rain and then taking it into your tent. You're actually mm. under there doing it. Which brings me to another point. If you're going to buy a tent that doesn't have vestibules 
which is the area on either the front, the back, or either side where it's under the fly, so it's under the rain fly, but the mosquito net doesn't take up all of that room, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's where you can still have your drag your pack inside the tent, but it's outside of yeah. outside of the area you sleep in. A lot of uh, traditional like dome tents will have a vestibule at the front. And that the what's cool about that is like mine's got it at the side, same thing. When I get out of my tent, I spin my feet out and my boots are outside of the the clean zone there on the ground, but they're still out of the rain, out of the dew. Yeah, gotcha. And I put them on and then I go outside of the rain fly. Yeah. So right. that that's the major advantage of that is and the opposite on the way in. It could be pouring with rain. You get into the vestibule, zip it down, turn around and put your butt into the tent, take mm. your boots off and leave them outside and then mm. pull your feet in. Uh, I mean, obviously, the the hammock has exactly the same um, yeah, yeah, benefits because yeah. you can sit in the hammock, take your boots off and then swing yourself in. Mate, I think it's so much more versatile to have a hammock with being able to raise that fly right up so you can stand under it. You can, as we just said, you can turn it into a chair. Hello. Yeah. The, so, the chair functionality of a hammock, when you sit sideways uh, and let your he- your legs dangle over, it's so comfortable at the end of a day of hiking. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things to do is sit in there and eat my dinner. Do you remember we um, were at one particular place Bethonga Bell and we were getting a lot of leeches on us and uh or oh, that's happened a bunch of times but I just remember how good it was to ditch your boots one of the things I do is I hang my boot tie the laces together and hang that up over the um what would you call that the mm. the line that runs underneath my the main range fly the yeah, main ridge so line, the ridge line. <coughs> Uh, just so that they're out of the rain, but they're not getting scorpions yeah, in totally. them or something. Yep. Uh, and I can do that from sitting in sitting in there. I don't even have to get out. I just take them off and lean over and throw them over. Sure. But I just remember on that trip in particular how I th- how good it was to know that the leeches were on the ground, mm. and I was raised above that. But yep. I didn't have to be enclosed in my tent. So yeah. if I was in a tent, I would have had to get all the leeches off, take my boots off, get in the tent, zip it up, and then just say, "Yeah, oh, okay, mate, I'm just going to sit in here like I'm in prison. Yeah. <laughs> just, hi. Yeah, being up off the ground has its advantages. Yeah, it most certainly does. On a few occasions. Um, it's really cool when we are able to set up the, uh, what was it about episode three we did? Uh, episode three of the podcast we actually did out in a rainforest and we had our hammocks set up almost opposite each other yeah, yeah. and we we're just facing each other so yeah. you could just have a chat across from hammock to hammock but yeah. you've got your feet up off the ground perfect example of why it's good to have your feet up off the ground at night i was hiking with damo and we were both sitting in our hammocks exactly the same facing each other probably a few meters away yeah having a chat, eating dinner, and we had our head torches off because we were just talking and the moonlight was coming down. 
I was all romantic and everything, you know, how it gets <laughs> the glowworms. Anyway, um, I uh, was was getting ready to sort of go to bed for the night. So I'll, I'll I'll jump down, stow all my gear away, you know, go to the toilet and then jump in the hammock. And what I always do is I just flick my head torch on and shine it down directly under my hammock to see if there's a spider or scorpion or whatever there. And as I've turned on my head torch, directly in front of me, a meter away, was a, about a five or six foot um, diamond python. Is that right? <laughs> Coming directly <laughs> for me, yeah. head up in the air, about front of its body was about a foot off the ground. Yeah. Tongue was out, it's tasting the air, thinking, what the hell is this thing? And uh, it came right up to me. And I was going to put my feet there. I was going to yeah. put my feet right there about... Do you reckon it could have lifted up into the hammock? Yeah. <sighs> or lifted up onto you easily? Well, the interesting thing about it's hard to explain. There was this kind of boulder next to me. It was the only spot I could get. And so the boulder would have enabled it to come up over that and then just up enough to... Like normally I'm, what, three foot off the ground? Yeah. So this boulder made it so that I was almost only like one and a half foot mm. on one side and then three foot on the other side. So, yeah, the side he was coming at, yeah. if he wanted to come up and he yeah. could have easily, but he yeah. was coming up, like, checking me out. And I just remember turning on and I just started talking to him and Damo shit himself. He's like, oh, my God, man. <laughs> I just said, I just didn't know what to do. I'm like, yeah, all right, reckon- buddy, don't come this way. <laughs> Yeah, no. I I've seen him, you know, crawl around through the trees and stretch across things. You know, I reckon they could yeah. lift themselves up into a into a hammock if they think it looks warm in there. Yeah, and that's the sort of thing they might do. But luckily, they're not too dangerous. Well, they could easily come down the lines. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but uh, lucky that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's an example of um, being in that rainforest kind of jungle environment and. Not having to have your feet on the ground, not having to sit on the ground in in all of the leeches and stuff. So that's where hammocks kind of win. Mm. Romantic evening, you and Damo, yeah. eh? Yeah, and a snake was, comes um, out. Yeah, where, the snake came out. Where was I? That <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds good. Uh, all right, let's talk about um, packing down. I think that I'd say tent and hammock i reckon they're much of a muchness on the pack down pack down yeah you know i don't reckon there's too much difference well at least for my tent it's um pretty quick you pull those hiking poles out it's only got uh four pegs Mm -hmm. four pegs and two hiking poles you drop the poles pull the pegs out and then you just start folding it up and it goes into um a neat little package Okay. Maybe the actual hammock, dismantling the hammock. So pulling the snake skins down, dropping that, putting that in a stuff sack is real quick. Pretty quick. But then you've got to deal with untying the fly, putting the fly down, taking all the straps off the trees, putting all the so I reckon it's um there's that technical aspect. You'd have to agree that people tend to get how to, a tent should look and how it should go up. Mm. 
Remember how long it took us to get the hang of hammocks? Like it's an actual art form. You should yeah. be putting it up 10 times in your backyard or the park before you take it out. Oh, yeah. I'm it's sure, stressful, man. I'm sure we took three times as oh, well. Mate. At oh, the start. It was like you know. an hour or something. <laughs> Probably was. Remember that time? But Thonga Bell, that, you were kind of freaking out because you'd... Yeah, you worried that we were going to get another storm, and that Those it takes straps. so long, and the straps—it was all frustrating. And yeah, um, yeah. Thankfully, that weather didn't come through that night. But I remember saying to you, "Look, let's just get yours up first, because I, I had put mine up enough to know that I could do it quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's it's it takes a lot of practice, and I don't believe that my tent took that much practice. I put it up. Mm-hmm. once in the backyard and felt confident enough to take it on a seven-day trip. Yeah, that's what worries me about some of these um, quite expensive, too, um, hammocks that have three linings in them yeah. that are all clipped together. It just It's quite complicated. You get them back the front or whatnot because they all come apart. So, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I do see the complexity of the hammocks as a bit of a problem. But uh, the Hennessy, which I'd, I'd put up the front, is is very simple. It's all in one snake skin. There's no fly. There's, That's right. It's it's quite a really ingenious design and, and simple as hell. So Yeah, they've gone uh, above and beyond to really research and it goes up real quick. Simplify that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, um, you're a A couple of times. Like, it goes up real quick, but most of the time you've got to sometimes go back and go, oh, I just wanted to lift that up a little bit on that end and that takes you know just a, a minute just to yeah put it up the tree a bit higher or something if you didn't get it right the first time yeah but if you did nail it the first time it's probably two three minutes just to yeah bang bang clip right that comes pull. from experience as yeah. well though when, yeah. when you're first putting them up you you don't you don't even know how high to put them how high to put this thing that's Do right I put it head height or chest height i don't know and if i put it at one height is it that bad that i have to take it all down and start again and then you sit in it and it goes down and yeah you, you sit oh, this sag down or you or it's so high touch I the put, ground i point put mine up so high one night that i had to actually like bounce up to get my butt mm. into it like it was it i had it up really high and tried to get it really taut and then realized later, oh man, that was stupid. I was have you ever five fall- foot off the ground. <laughs> have you ever fallen out of a hammock? Uh, no, I've never fallen out. I almost uh, like rolled sideways and then I fell against the fly. You know how they can tip up? So you're still mm. in the hammock, but my face and body was oh, facing really? the ground. Really? But- just there was the fly mesh. So oh, man. almost in, I was on this completely like on the side and had to roll back and set yeah. everything back. Yeah, but I've never gone to get in it and slipped or flipped off the back or anything like that, thankfully. Yeah, no, I've been pretty lucky. <clears throat> but that, you they're know. more stable. They're way more stable than you would anticipate. Yeah, yeah. But more sitting in it, even. It's a, it was a little bit scary at first, you know, it was a little bit of a. Oh, just an, an, you're going to be swinging in this thing at night. Yeah. Is it going to rock around? Yeah. Am I going to fall out of this thing? What? Yeah. So you got to get over that initially. You do because I think there's that tendency. It almost feels like you're in a boat where yeah, it moves slightly, and you think you have to quickly correct yourself. Mm-hmm. You kind of panic, mm. but then you realize after a while that thing can rock back and forwards, and you don't have to worry about. It. Forget about it. like enjoy that feeling. Yeah. That's one of my favorite 
sensations of a hammock is when yep. it's rocking with the breeze or yep. you roll over and it, and rocks, it just rocks for about it. four yep. or five times yep. and you just close your eyes and you go, this is the best, <laughs> man. Like, <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep, sleeping in the clouds. <clears throat> no, I grew a real personal just sort of attachment to my hammock and I love just finding spots to set it up and sleep in the night. It's so nice. Yeah. It's such a, a peaceful <clears throat> experience once you've got the hang of it. <clears throat> No, they're they're a beautiful thing. In good weather, you raise that, put your ridge line if you fly much higher, and then make the flight really horizontal so you can see out. There's nothing yeah. better than that. Being yeah. able to overlook a creek or a yeah. look across and see a mountain range from your bed in that's spots. Pretty epic. You, you couldn't ever set a tent up there. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. No, it's really good. The uh, pack weight is something that, I mean, it's a tricky conversation because as we alluded to at the start, it varies so much, ridiculously. You can say hammocks are lighter than, hammocks are lighter than uh, tents. Uh, And I'll call bullshit straight away because I go, what about the warb on it if you're camping in the snow? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just such a variable. There's no way of saying um, yep. that the one's lighter than the other. There's, like I said, my tent's 600 grams. Sure. But I have to carry hiking poles, which I do anyway. Um, That's pretty light. It, oh, no, it's really light. There's uh, other ones that aren't much heavier than that or the same weight as that these days, and they've got those um, poles with the little bungee cords, so they pop up anyway. Hmm. Uh, no, it's not... It's really good, uh, but I think again I'm talking about what I would consider a pretty high budget item as well. Yeah, like it was not a cheap tent. It's and not d- cheap in any way. Like it's not cheap in price. It's not cheap in build quality. Like it's an excellent tent. Mm. If you want to drop down to a mid tier, your weight's going up by fifty percent, man. Yeah. You're over the kilo. You're up to like one point two. Yeah, yeah. 1.5 kilos maybe. Yeah. Uh, and that that's a quick jump and it all comes with cash. Yeah. Money gets lighter stuff and it's painful. Yep. That's yep. the same with hammocks. You get yep. you want a lighter hammock, lighter strap system, good mm. fork out two-thirds more money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, let's <clears throat> let's sort of hit them up then. What's, um, what's a lightweight option for a tent? You seem to have one and you can... Give us the specs. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, no, I'm definitely no expert in... Um, What's the brand that you're using? Again? It's Top Tent. Top Tent. And the model is called the Notch. It's a one-man tent with two vestibules on the left and right-hand side. Cool. And, and you use your own hiking poles. Right. I mean, in an emergency, you could get a couple of sticks or is whatever. It like a mummy-shaped section um, in, in the middle? or It's more like a coffin shape, so a yeah. diamond so the okay. it flares out in the middle, considerably flares out, which is where you put your gear either side. Okay. Uh, very long. I mean, I'm tall, so I make sure I get long tents mm-hmm. and quite wide because that diamond shape allows you to have width, so okay. you're not you're not crammed in there. And so summer versus winter, you're not going to alter uh, that? No, not here, not in Australia. No, I don't need to. The adjustment I can make is... Pulling the tabs down so it touches the ground better 
and doesn't let breeze come okay. under. So but it not, not in Australia, it doesn't matter. doesn't weigh or cost any more to do that. No, zero. Uh, the other thing that it, I was quite specific about when I purchased my tent was the ability to sit upright in it, oh, fully right. upright. Yeah. Uh, because um, I just knew on the trips that we do of an evening, sometimes you're in there cleaning camera lenses or changing batteries or oh, changing yeah. SD cards and looking at equipment. And I didn't want to be in some ridiculous bivvy oh, I've got where little... I'm laying down, you know? Yeah, I've got a little bivvy that you yeah. just... I didn't even bother mentioning bivvies because they shouldn't even be included in tents. They're they're um, excellent for what they are, but you can't say a bivvy's a tent. It's a mm. it's a, a um, very constricted way of sleeping. It usually means that you don't even have the opportunity to open a fly because then you're exposed to the elements. Uh, yeah, which is why I didn't even bother mentioning them earlier. All right, so what's what's the weight of yours? My tent, mm. I think it's six hundred grams. Versus seven seven eighty four. Is that with straps though? And fly, Just ropes. Yes, yeah. That's that's everything you need. 784 for the Hyperlite Hennessy. Is that what you've got, the Hyperlite? Yeah. That was the first one I had. Then I, you, I now use the Backpacker, which is a little, which is 120 grams more. Right. Um, only because they didn't have the Hyperlite in Australia when I wanted to upgrade. I wanted to, like, sort of. What's the, I mean, what, how would you rate the Hyperlite, though, for um, four seasons, in Australia at least? Is it is it designed for a, a no. warmer climates or yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so you'd need to get the um, so that's what I mean I don't think that comparing no. that to my tent is is really valid I think you need to go the next one up but the next one up isn't much isn't warmer oh really no has no. it got a double it's just a different material it's cheaper right so it's um a bit more a bit heavier it's got to look slightly heavier. Um, fabric so you could suggest it's a bit warmer but I, it doesn't have any extra barriers against right I'm sure that heavier fabric would help in some way okay does it have the um, the uh, bottom which allows you to slot your no, mat in between neither of these two do ah right yeah no you've got to go to a different one for that which is obviously going to add more weight yep yep so that's a hyperlight option that yeah then you need the um, super shelter they call it <clears throat> that clips on underneath or whatnot so and what what does that do um so that's like an under under quilt kind of like oh, you were showing right, me that, right those war bikes. like a sleeping bag underneath yeah right right you've yeah. got one of those now haven't you yeah i do how much does that weigh oh you don't have to tell me so i'm putting you on the spot there yeah yeah but is it sure. um does it really kind of add to um insulation it it's it's bulky and they they weigh a little bit so here's the Zip four seasons. Specifications say <clears throat> four hundred and seventy-four grams. So that's considerable weight to have to not throw that in your pack now. Yeah, it is. And another hundred and forty bucks from US. Hundred forty dollars Australian. US. Oh, hundred forty dollars US. 
Right, okay. To add to the cost, uh, and you need that in winter. You really probably do, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it'd be hard to get me to go out in winter again with a hammock. Yeah. After having very uh, uncomfortable situations multiple times, I just don't think I could risk it again. Mm. It just doesn't add up to that experience that I want. Okay. So but the- I'd take them all day in the summer. Oh, for sure. So yeah, it's it's mainly weight and cost. So yeah, and they're both they're again they're both two things that are so vast that we can't really uh, give a definitive answer on that. Are tents more expensive? No, not by the sound <laughs> of it. But uh, are um are tents lighter? Not necessarily. It's just there's so many variables. So yeah, if um if we skip now to what I guess. I mean, I, I guess we have discussed the best uses, uh, and I think we both agree on all of these points, which are things like the hammock's going to win every time in thick vegetation, rocky ground, muddy ground, uneven ground, rain. Uh, when, I, when I say rain, I mean rain on the ground, so wet ground. Mm. Uh, when when a seat's really useful if you want to get away from leeches and stuff. Um, when you want to chuck a rain fly up but maybe not even put your hammock up. Maybe you just want to eat lunch under it, right? Mm-hmm. That's where you're really going to get that excellent hammock experience Yep. that you'll tell your friends how awesome it is to own a hammock. Yeah. On the flip side of that, the tent, if you're used to going on trails to designated camp areas or places where you know well in advance that there's meadows or uh, grassy fields to pitch your tent on and you can overlook, um, you know, look out the side of your tent and see mountains or snow-capped mountains or whatever, if that's, uh, which is quite a reality in a lot of places. Yeah. If that's where the type of places you're hiking, then you're probably not going to have the opportunity for trees anyway and that might not be, you might want to... Uh, camp right next to a stream on, mm. on the gravel and uh, I think that's where the beauty of the tent comes in I also think that for the most part if you really want that sleep under the stars experience you're going to have a better one with a tent that you can remove the fly altogether and not <clears throat> excuse me not have to be because essentially anywhere you are a hammock there's foliage above you, right? Trees above you. You're yeah. only going to get limited view of the stars. It's still beautiful, don't get me wrong. The amount of times I've laid there and yeah. looked up through the trees at the stars and everything from a hammock is awesome. But to get that full, you know, 360 degree mm. kind of view in perfect weather, you leave that rain yep. fly off yep. and you just, you're just basically keeping the bugs off. Yep. And that's pretty epic. So, Greg... Excellent battle. Thank you very much. <laughs> do you do you have a definitive winner? If I said to you, uh, as of today, you must only carry one or the other for the rest of your adventure life, what would you choose? Hmm. One or the other. <clears throat> well, look, I'm probably just going to side on the... I've been doing pretty well with my, my Hyperlite Hennessy hammock and I'll probably just stick with that for the moment. 
Haven't really needed a tent. Stick to hammock. Stick to hammock. I'm going tent, mate. I'm going tent. I'm looking into the future. I'm looking into the future and I'm saying, if I go to New Zealand and I'm up the top of some mountain that doesn't have trees, you'll just be a little ice cube in your cocoon. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just come and kick you in the morning because I'll be all toasty. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, there's no, there is no winners. It's horses for courses. Know that when you buy a hammock, you're not buying um, a replacement for a tent. You're buying a, a different kind of freedom for a different kind of terrain, mm-hmm. uh, and, and vice versa. You, yeah, get what you need, but just understand how vastly different they are. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, I hope we didn't bore you with the technicalities of that uh i know that people who are interested in that conversation would probably have got a lot out of that Mm. that's certainly something that we've had many conversations about i mean so many people ask us about it as well and comment on our photos on instagram and Mm. that uh we thought it was something worth tackling i actually enjoyed it to be honest yeah mate it's always been a, a chat we've had and um i think it's not one or the other it's no, it's it, definitely not it's no. just what, i like to stir you up but what, it's not <laughs> what is, you know what does what do you need for this adventure yeah sure is mate guys thanks for listening really appreciate it uh it's been good it's been good fun so thanks craig thanks no worries All see right. you later yeah catch you guys next time cheers If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, we'd really appreciate your ratings and comments if you can spare the time. If you'd like to know more about Hike or Die TV and keep track of our adventures around Australia, make sure you drop by hikeordie.com. That's where you'll find all the information you'll need to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or Pinterest. As always, we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening.